The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes, and welcome to Recovering from Reality, where I illuminate the messy and magical path of coming home to yourself. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, we're serving up the ultimate truth. Your challenges don't define you. How you deal with them does. So, are you ready to recover from reality? They speak to their, speak directly to their, to their fear. fear. Yes. Of, of America not being white and Christian anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that drives them. And, it does. and Russia, when Russia interfered in our 2016 elections, which is an unequivocal fact, mm-hmm. that's what they um, went after as well. They went through a gun lobby, uh, abortion groups, and Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. because those are the things that, that brought rage out in people. And we talked about, you know, if Jesus was here, what would he think? And I look at this and I go, oh my God, well, Jesus was a socialist. <laughs> I don't, I, I literally do not understand yeah. how people can. He was a socialist hippie Jew. Hippie Jew. <laughs> that was a quick clip from this week's episode. So every couple of weeks, I'll get, you know, my list of people who want to come on the podcast and I'll have to dissect through it. And uh, last week I got an email that goes AG from Muller, she wrote, which is a podcast my husband is obsessed with, wants to come on the podcast. And I told my husband, (laughs) he immediately turns around and goes, you have to do it. And so I said that I would, and I'm so glad that I did because this is really important, you guys. Today is the day that Donald Trump is going to be impeached. And we're at a pivotal moment in our history where we can no longer stay silent because people are suffering. Uh, It's not just because of Donald Trump. He's kind of the maybe the catalyst or the tip of the iceberg. But it's the way that our government has been running and operating since the beginning of its time. And if you're wondering why, Alexis, you're talking about politics on a mental health podcast, it's because our politics and the way that we govern affect us as a society in major ways. I would say in the biggest ways. Because when 50% of the population is making less than $30,000 a year, when 44% of them are making less than $18,000 a year, we all suffer, okay? When there are um, children and refugees dying at our borders, we all suffer. When women lose the right to choose what to do with their bodies, we all suffer. When we're not able to separate church from state, we all suffer. When we are killing our climate, our beautiful planet, Mother Earth, we all suffer. And who is in office matters. And the way that they govern matters. And so I said that I would do this podcast and I'm really, really grateful that I did because it is so important to remain vigilant and informed. 
and to use this information as power to go and do great things and to initiate change. And so AG is coming on today and we are diving into her background a little bit. Um, If you don't know, AG started the podcast Muller She Wrote. She is in the government. She is working in the government right now. She wouldn't tell me her position because she has to protect herself and not violate the Hatch Act. But she operates under an alias. No one knows her real name um, or where she works, but it's in the higher up part of the government from what I understand. And she and two other comedians started this podcast, Mueller She Wrote, uh, which took a deep dive into the Mueller investigation and uh, all of the chaos that has transpired in this presidency and, you know, helps us to be informed. You know, not only is it important to keep the House, flip the Senate, and take the presidency, but it also matters because there is a Supreme Court nomination coming up. And so if you care about things like the environment, if you care about things like women's rights, if you care about health care, if you care about, uh, you know, marginalized folks, then this election is so important and we need to show up in a big and major way. So we can no longer stay complacent We have to be informed. And that's why I'm so grateful that uh, we had this conversation today. That's that. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I want to get into the beginning of how Mueller, she wrote, was born. Uh, Well, like you said, the Mueller investigation started a few months in May of 2017 after, after Trump took office. And in about October... Um, when we started hearing uh, publicly about some of the things that were, be, you know, coming out of the investigation, it was a very tight-lipped investigation. But uh, they they had replayed an old documentary about Watergate and Nixon on MSNBC, and it had all the old familiar faces like Rachel Maddow and um, Lawrence O'Donnell, and they were talking about Watergate. And I think they were playing. It's called All the President's Men Revisited, and I think they were showing that documentary to show the parallels between the Mueller investigation and Watergate. And I was watching this documentary and I thought to myself, you know, with this Mueller investigation, I bet in 20 or 30 years, they're going to be airing documentaries about that. And I, I wanted to be a part of it. I felt this immense historical importance of, of the investigation and the, you know, the first three years of of Trump in office. And so I said, how can I do that? I have no journalism degree. I can't be on television. I'm a comedian and I work for the government and I'm, I shouldn't even do that. And then it, it, podcasting just seemed like the the best way to go about it. So I called up two female comedian friends and said, "Let's do this. Let's do, let's do a podcast." And that weekend, the first indictments dropped, and we recorded a show in my kitchen. Yeah, and, that, and that's just that's where it started. Wow! And it's grown into this. I mean, I post all the time, like, "Okay, do you have questions for this guest?" And when I posted, everyone was like, "Question, question, question," <laughs> because people love it. And it is straight to the fact. And one thing that I love that you guys do is if you do make a mistake, you address it immediately and clean it up, Uh Um, which I think is really important. 
So we're sitting down here today on the day that Donald Trump is going to be impeached. Crazy, right? How do you feel? Um, I've been listening um, and yeah. it's it's a solemn and it, but it, mm. I, it, the again the the weight of the historical meaning of today if they get the vote out today. Yeah. Um, I've I've been saying, you know, I take nothing for granted in yeah. this process. But um, it's just so, it's this weird feeling of, of, of sadness and solemnity and, and hating that we have to be here and be where we're at and that we have to use the, the Article One powers of impeachment to, to address what's happening in the White House, but also to be witnesses to what could be one of the most important American historical events um, is also very humbling. So it's, it, I just feel very humbled today. Mm. I do my best to, I have a really strong like spiritual practice, prayer, meditation, all that stuff. And I woke up this morning and I did that. And then I went downstairs and my husband's already listening to the, and usually I can like keep it cool, but I'm listening (laughs) to the Republicans and their logic. And I say that in quotes Mm. and I'm like, in total, I mean, it's just shocking. It's shocking. It's like an entire party has completely lost their course. You know, I mean, it's it's really sad to watch. Uh, growing up, my parents were Republicans, um, but not Donald Trump, mm-hmm. Jerry Falwell Republicans. Yeah. They were small government. You know, uh, Reagan, yeah, trickle down economics yeah. Republicans, where we could have kind of logical debates about big government versus small government and welfare versus, you know, uh, corporate tax breaks. And and now it's just gotten to be this sort of cult, um, fake Christo-fascist almost situation where you're just like, what are you even talking Christo-fascist. about? Christo-fascist. That's like the perfect way to describe it. It's sad. It's really sad. I think if, yeah. if I'm not, I'm, I'm an agnostic slash atheist, but if Jesus were real, he, I think he'd be pretty upset. I think he would be too. And I think, um, and we should talk about where that kind of started, where the shift happened, right? And it was really when the Tea Party was kind of, you know, I feel like those two things really align, you know, like Trump is a response to Obama, that's one manifestation of it too. A lot of people think back um, in the the early when Bush uh, at the end of Reaganomics, and when we started to get into the Bush era with Karl Rove and reaching out to the evangelicals. I think when they tried to bring the evangelicals mm-hmm. under the umbrella of the Republican Party and family values and and morals and you know laws based on the Bible yeah. uh, and sort of a theocratic feeling, I think all that's when that started to gel. And and that's sort of when our country became more politically polarized mm. around that time. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't about working together anymore. Yeah. No, it was about how how are we going to grow our base, right? Because mm-hmm. their base was shrinking and people were aligning more with Democrats. And so they very strategically And if you guys want to learn more about this, you can learn about, you can Google Southern strategy and learn about all of this stuff. And I think it's really important to know, but they literally have set up plans to target people based on their morals when the reality is that they actually don't really care about these things um, in most cases. And 
but they target these groups of people specifically in suburban areas mm-hmm. that, and then they speak to the, you know, their lack f- of morality in the U S and how the democratic their party, fear. they speak to their, speak directly to their, to their fear. fear. Yes. Of, of America not being white and Christian anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that drives them and, and Russia, when Russia interfered in our 2016 elections, which is an unequivocal fact, mm-hmm. that's what they, um, went after as well. That's, that's the, they went through a uh, gun lobby, uh, abortion groups and black lives matter, mm-hmm. because those are the things that brought rage out in people. And we talked about, you know, if Jesus was here, what would he think? And I look at this and I go, oh my God, well, Jesus was a socialist. <laughs> I don't, I, I literally do not understand yeah. how people can. He was a socialist hippie Jew. Hippie Jew <laughs> who did not have blue eyes and lightly tanned skin and gorgeous long brown locks that you see on every single, you know, Bible and Christian. He was literally like, oh, come on. He was from Montana. He, he was not. He was from the Middle East. He was a Middle Eastern brown skinned Jew who literally his parents had to flee. Refugees. He was a refugee. He wouldn't have been allowed in America. He wouldn't have been allowed in America. Quick break from today's episode to talk to you guys about Cured Nutrition. If you've been listening to this podcast since its inception, basically, or follow me on Twitter or Instagram or social media, then you know how much I love Cured Nutrition. Cured Nutrition is a CBD company that also makes these amazing nootropic blends that I'm obsessed with, specifically the Zen Nighttime Blend. I take it every night before bed along with their tinctures every single day. CBD is most commonly incorporated into wellness regimens to improve sleep, decrease inflammation, and reduce the body's total stress load. Their mushroom plus CBD blends, tinctures, and treats work with your body's natural system to produce clear benefits without the worry of a psychoactive component. These won't get you high. They just help your body feel better. Plus, how many other companies can say that their products are locally sourced and crafted in-house? Each cured product is third-party tested for potency, purity, and the absence of harmful contaminants like microbials, pesticides, and heavy metals. Fully aligned with complete transparency, they've published all of these details directly on their website. I am so hyper-focused on what I put in my body, you guys, and I would not lie to you, Cured Nutrition is where it's at. Right now, you can go to curednutrition.com and enter code ALEXIS25 at checkout for 25% off your purchase of $50 or more. That's curednutrition.com with the code ALEXIS25 at checkout for 25% off your purchase of $50 or more. And with that, back to the episode. Hi, new friends. I'm Jackie Schimmel, philanthropist, motivational speaker, glowing wife, animal rights activist, and a shoulder to cry on. Not really. I'm a crazy bitch, but a hoot and a half. If you haven't listened to my podcast, The Bitch Bible, brace yourself, pour yourself a stiff drink, and get ready to laugh your ass off or cry. Make sure you subscribe yourself to The Bitch Bible Podcast right now. You're going to effing love it. We have an election coming up and I'm curious to know what you think because, okay, right now, and this is why it's important for people, I don't necessarily want to get into all of 
the um, details of the Mueller report because it's just so extensive and everybody should be listening to this podcast and to, you know, the world who's saying like, this is not okay. I mean, other countries now are like, what is going on with you guys? Um, But you need to listen to this podcast and make sure you're super informed. But the bottom line is this. Donald Trump's not being impeached right now because of the Mueller report. Donald Trump's being impeached. The Mueller part was very damning. And there was lots of evidence that what, you know, showed the ways that the Russians interfered in our election. That's a fact. And the way that the Trump campaign was welcomed it, welcoming it and very much so involved. And that there was crimes. There's people right now who are getting sentenced to jail time Mm -hmm. um, because of those offenses. So that's one thing. But this impeachment is not about the Mueller report. It's about the fact that the president of the United States withheld congressional aid to Ukraine, right, to protect themselves against Russia, who's been invading Ukraine for I don't even know how many years it's been now. Eight, 10 years? Eight uh, years? Yeah. Well, they annexed Crimea in 2014 um, okay. and we uh, issued sanctions against them for that. And then we sanctioned Russia again when they interfered in our election. But you're mm-hmm. exactly right. They are they are related and they do allude to the Mueller stuff yes. in the articles by, to show a pattern of behavior. Yes. Of but welcoming this is Russia, literally about Donald Trump going to Ukraine mm-hmm. withholding funds that mm-hmm. Congress approved for his benefit in the next election. Exactly. And also uh, dangling a White House meeting. Um, mm. That is in the, in the first article under abuse of power. They, you know, because a White House meeting is a big deal for President Zelensky. It gives him standing. It shows the U.S. and, and Ukraine are working together and they're yeah. we're an ally. And so that that is something else that he he promised and said, you know, you can have a White House meeting as soon as you announce these investigations. I would like to talk a little bit about the Republican talking points um, in their rebuttal. The one that I think is the funniest or the most absurd. None of this is funny. The most absurd is that President Zelensky clearly didn't um, show that he was, you know, under duress. Because he, you know, didn't ever talk about that. That was one of the big ones that I heard. And I go, okay, if someone's holding a gun at your head mm-hmm. and you're like, are you okay right now? They're going to go, yeah, 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 I'm fine. We're okay. Yeah. Ask the the uh, abused spouse where she got the black eye. She's yeah. going to tell you she fell. Yeah. Everything's fine. And no, he, you know, that everything's fine. Yeah. Um, he can't. Zelensky can't say that. And um, and and the Republicans should know that. And I think they do. I think they do, too. I think that that's just uh, one thing I will say is that the Democrats could do better with is their talking points. <laughs> oh, since forever. <laughs> They're never on the same page. Um, the Republicans strategize really well and their talking points are like, you know, and then the other thing that they say is that President Trump didn't say. Um, on the tape, I need help. He said, well, we're, we need you to do this. Yeah, I want you to do us a favor though. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you're still asking for a favor. And you have members of your own team who are saying it was a pretty cool. Oh my God. If I can't say that word right now, <laughs> I can't. Squid pro crow. 
<laughs> what so, we call it. Quid pro so quo. hard. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's like the way that they can flip things really fast is pretty remarkable. Um, and you also have to think, like, if you can do us a favor, though, how is investigating the Bidens a favor to the United States? It's yeah. not. It's a favor to Donald Trump. Yeah. So yeah. you have to Plain think about the simple. context. It's, it's, they're arguing semantics and yeah. Yeah, stupid. Yeah. So he's going to be impeached today, you guys, not based off of the Mueller report, but based off of the phone call and conversation that he had with the president, future president of Ukraine at the time. He wasn't the president yet. No, he was. Oh, he was. Okay. He had just been, he had just been elected. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, and, he, and he brought he extorted him. Basically, it was bribery. Mm. And so the reality is that when this goes to the Senate, which is majority Republican, he's not going to be removed from office. No, probably not. Yeah, I don't. I heard one Republican and I can't remember who it was because I listened all the way through. And that's another thing that I found kind of depressing, how many people dropped off like that started listening to these trials or these hearings. And then each and every day they would drop off more and more and more. Mm hmm. And I was listening and there was like one Republican and I don't remember who it was that was like, this is crazy. This is literally crazy. And I am honestly so disheartened by the behavior on both of these sides. And I, you know, so I'm like, maybe he'll be one of the guys that's such, but I kind of doubt that they will be. Um, and that's really sad. It's really sad, you know. Yeah, it makes you wonder why they would put their party and this president above the Constitution mm. and, and their and their country. I still haven't figured that out. Like, what is so important? And, uh, uh, you know, I've got a lot of theories, uh, you know, but when Russia hacked the DNC in 2016, they hacked the, they hacked the RNC as well. And we've never saw, they never weaponized those emails. And I don't know if they've got something on some of these Republicans. And that's why they have to, mm. you know, why they can't uh, come out publicly against this president. But I, and that again, is just pure speculation. I have zero proof of that. Um, but I don't know. I just can't figure out why they would be on this side of history. They're going to go down as like, I guess they just can't see past them, past themselves or past this generation. Yeah. Or, um, they're just making so much money off of all the lobbyists that they don't care, you yeah. know, and that's a, that's another huge issue that, um, well, you know, money you and could go down that forever, which is why I am really committed to not voting for anybody coming up in this primary that is taking money from lobbies. I'm just not willing to do it. We've seen just time and time again the way that it affects our politicians and their, you know, reasoning, Um, whether it's the NRA or pharma or whatever it might be. When money is involved, it gets really messy. Um, So the reality is he won't be removed. And if it's a Biden or a Buttigieg or Warren or Sanders... I'm still, I don't think we have this in the bag. I don't care who we end up electing. I honestly don't think we, 
Um, I think people are like, oh, well, he'll definitely, I mean, he was just impeached. He's definitely not going to win again. And we need to vote. I think that. I think too many people were relying on Mueller Mm. to fix this for us. And then I think too many people are relying on impeachment to fix this for us. Too many people are relying on Congress to fix this for us. We have to fix this for us. Yeah. And we have to show up and vote. And 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 we should have we should learn from the 2016 polling, 85% chance Hillary's going to be, be elected, that that we can't rely on that polling. All we can rely on is ourselves and the ballot. And we have to do that. But what about the fact that Hillary did win the popular vote in a landslide? What, she did win the popular vote by 3 million votes, which is That's a huge a margin. It's a huge margin. He only technically won by about 77,000 votes in three states. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, because we have an electoral college and we're a, a democratic republic, that's just how it goes. Uh, and so we have to show up in numbers too big to manipulate because the only way Republicans can win is, first of all, if by Democrats not showing up. And second of all, by cheating. They've redrawn the lines. They're yeah. stripping the voter rolls. They're redistricting, gerrymandering, uh, making it hard to get voter IDs. And they always um, affect disenfranchised people who would otherwise vote Democrat. Yeah. So we have to show up in numbers too big to manipulate. We just had Russia is going to be interfering. Yeah, because that's another thing that I was going to get into. And is that so far, I mean, you still do you work in intelligence, right? Or what area of the government do you work in? I I can't talk about it. You can't talk about it. Unfortunately. I'm assuming something like that because you have the history of being in the Navy. But um, so... We haven't really done anything to secure our next elections. You know, the House has passed several bills um, for election security. And then it goes to the Senate and they just, Mitch, Mitch McConnell just leaves him on his desk. <sighs> and then they accuse us of doing nothing. Yeah. And they're like, what have you been doing for the last three years? It's like, well, we've been passing bills and then you guys have been sitting on them. Hundreds, almost 400 that wow. have just been blocked. So... So that's another thing is the importance of flipping the Senate. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, right now I know that Lindsey Graham is, I think he's within three points, the um, Democratic nominee, uh, Jamie Harris, I want to say. So it's so important, too, that we are flipping seats in the Senate as well as in... Mitch McConnell's um, in trouble. Yeah. Uh, in his state, um, especially since he allowed Rusal, the ol- oligarch-owned Russian aluminum company, to come in and build an aluminum plant in his state. Um, and so he's, I think he's in trouble, and he's got a really low approval rating. Nobody mm. likes Mitch McConnell. But yeah, it's 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 detrimentally important um, for us. Uh, and, and I think even if you boil it down to one issue, that we have to have a Democrat in in the White House and we have to flip the Senate because we need to be the ones who fill the next Supreme Court seat. Otherwise, we have irretrievably lost the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Ruth will hold on for even another year. I think she really wants to step down probably at this point. She's just doing it because she's doing us a solid. And thank you so much (laughs) and Godspeed. She won't laugh. I I hate to, but four years is pushing it. Really, another four years is pushing. Yeah, yeah. So, are you open to talking about what you're thinking about for the Democratic nominee, or like where your head is at, or or who you think will probably be the best opponent for Donald Trump? It's it's hard to say. It's hard for me to say right now, just because we haven't even gotten any voter 
input. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the primaries haven't begun yet. But uh, I will say this. I come from a place of a lot of privilege. I have white privilege. I have straight privilege. Mm -hmm. I have cis privilege. I have healthcare privilege because I get free healthcare. Mm. I have reproductive privilege because I'm of an age where it's not a thing for me anymore. And my vote, I'm, I'm kind of donating my vote to those who don't have the same privileges that yeah. I do. I'm voting for them. So I want to see where they are and yeah. when we get closer to the primaries. And yeah, I think I feel the same way because my big issues are healthcare, um, are equality, are reproductive rights, and also, you know, our economy and making sure that that's another thing, like, Trump talks all the time about how he's got this booming economy. 44% of Americans working full-time make $18,000 a year or less. Mm -hmm. Let that sink in for a second. 44% of Americans working full-time jobs are making $18,000 a year or less. 50% are making $30,000 a year or less. Yeah. And so my hope is whoever the Democratic nominee is, that is someone that will really know these talking points and have a counter for every single plus, and I put that in quotes, Mm -hmm. that he has Mm -hmm. on his side. Because it's true. People go, oh, well, the economy is great. If you're rich. (laughs) It's really great. And we're just learning (laughs) right now about this, the tax issue, you know, like the, the, you know, we're at a point now it's like we collected, what was the the thing that I was reading about yesterday? I think it was something like we've collected less and in tax revenue revenue. and our uh, deficit is growing huge. Yeah. 26% up. And that can't last. It's not sustainable. And so people see these headlines, though, of like booming economy and 3% unemployment rate and all of these. Or the stock market's doing so so well. So well, despite the fact that he's being impeached, the stock market is still staying high. And it's like. Like we all have stock, (laughs) you know. And and, and, hey, no, I'm not stock shaming. Good job if you got some stock. But I, I would I would challenge to see what percentage of Americans actually own stock. It's probably really low at this point. Yeah. I would guess probably somewhere around maybe 20%. I can't imagine it's high. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look that up, but I, I, I'm i sure it's not more than half of us. Yeah. Wow. Um, so we're at this critical time. And I, I think that while I'll get messages from people... <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Who aren't happy. No, I'm not really sorry. I know that you were just making a joke, but it's like, it is so important that we start having these conversations, especially my generation, you know, because we're the ones that are going to make the change. These 18 to 35 year olds, like if we can really rally together and vote. All you got to do is show up and vote. Show up and vote. And, and there are things that, um, I I just I want people to know that voting off of single issues is harmful. Mm -hmm. Not showing up to vote is harmful. Mm -hmm. Being uninformed is harmful. And like you said, or if your candidate doesn't win the primary and so you stay home, stay home, harmful, so harmful. Um, And I think that Bernie probably regrets not supporting Hillary faster. Probably. And I hope I would hope that. 
if he doesn't win this primary, that he quickly um, supports whoever the non- nominee is. Well, he signed the pledge. He signed okay. the indivisible pledge, which says, "I if I do not win the primary, I will put my full force and backing into whoever does. So hopefully um, yeah. that, that'll motivate him. Um, or if, if he does or doesn't. Yeah. Um, I'm voting. I have a sticker on the back of my car that says the Democrat 2020. Yeah. I'm voting for whoever, whoever it is. <laughs> whoever it is. Yeah. Uh, it's de- it's even if you don't like that person, think of just think of the Supreme Court. Those mm-hmm. the three of the four important issues to you that you mentioned hinge on Supreme Court yeah. decisions. So yeah, just even if it's that just get you gotta because mm-hmm. that they're appointed for life for yeah. lifetime appointment. I think that's a huge issue too. Yeah. I don't think they, I think that she should be able to do 10 years Max. and that's it. Max. And then you get off because mm-hmm. you're not with the times, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we're, you're not serving the, the, the people the anymore. Pe- anymore. You're serving a section of the people when you're in for that long. Um, and I think that that is a really, really big issue. I my I said in the beginning of this, my husband's like a so like a super fan and he aggressively rides his Peloton in my garage on Rage like level 50, like pumping, standing up. He's just like listening to you guys and he's just getting angry and getting all that aggression off. No, but he he loves he's I like to I'm informed, right? Yes. I like to, you know, know about what's going on and the world, not just in our country, but especially our country, because I've got children now and it affects them. (laughs) And like you were saying earlier, like I'm going to vote for whoever does the most for people who, you know, are, have less privilege to me. And I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, But anyways, Evan's like a super fan. He know he read the entire report, Mueller report, page front to back. I mean, like, talk about commitment. He's like, have you read that thing? I'm like, no. <laughs> who wants them to read that thing? I mean, no, I don't. I mean, I will I, I think it's great that you do, but he'll talk my ear off about this forever. <laughs> and now we have a rule with our family. Like, we just don't talk politics. Yeah. Between, and yeah, because I, I can't. Um, because, you know, it's interesting. I, before Trump, I had no issue. You know, it's like, I you know, it's fine. But if I know that you're a Trump supporter, it literally makes me angry because of what's going on at our borders, which yes, was going on under Obama, but not to this degree, because what's at stake for women's rights, because what's at stake for gay rights, because what's at stake for our children, for the climate. Did I mention climate as my big issue? That's my number one, okay, is climate. Um, Because all of the other stuff is great and very important. But like, if we're not surviving in 100 years, (laughs) does it really matter. Why preserve the um, Republic if yeah, it's not going to be it's here? it's not yeah. going to be here. So all of this stuff is so important. Um, and I was, a- like I said, I was able to have these very civil conversations before. And now it's just like, I can't because I find myself getting so worked up because I'm so hurt mm. and angry. And I think I feel like the collective pain now, like the, I was saying prior, I woke up because I grew up mainly in those Obama years, right? And then I voted for Obama that first time that I was able to vote. And then all of a sudden, like, my my bubble shattered. And I was like, oh, there's so much more going on here. 
Yeah, um, that's why it was important to us to, to put together a show that we, you know, where we had news, but mm. we we swear and we laugh <laughs> and we joke because yeah. I think if we don't laugh, we'll cry. And it's just a way that we can all help support each other through it. That's literally what my husband says. He he follows all of these Twitter things. I'm like, doesn't this make you angry? He goes, no, because so much of it is comical. Like when he tweets, goes on these rampants at 2 a.m., it's like you have to find the hilarity in it. Um, so here's the questions my husband, I, I swore to Evan that I would ask you. He <laughs> goes, is the mystery corporation off the hook now? And do you think it's the Cutter Investment Authority? Please give us some background because again, <laughs> so I, Mueller I have no idea what this is. There was a subpoena battle going on in the Supreme Court, or not in the Supreme Court, but in the courts and everything was filed under seal and secret and it was, uh, everything was redacted and it was, we had hints. It was supposed to be, Mueller was subpoenaing documents from uh, a financial institution that that is foreign state owned, that has an office in New York, that uh-huh. it does business in the United States. And we were trying to piece together who the mystery company from country A was. I do think it's the Cutter Investment Authority. I think it's QIA, but it could also be VTB. So, but who are they? Who's the Cutter? The Cutter Investment Authority is a big commodities trade banking situation owned by Cutter. And they helped bail out Jared Kushner's 666 Fifth Avenue building debt. Okay, Like he owed $1.4 billion on it or something crazy. And they helped bail him out of that. And then also they are the ones who brokered the deal to sell off Rusal when they, uh, the the Russian oil and gas company. And there was supposed to be this 0.5% commission. And some people think it went to Donald Trump. It was $280 million or something like that. So it's just all this weird intrigue and, you know, money laundering and moving around of things. But to answer Evan's question, it's still open and ongoing. The last thing we've heard about Country A, um, the mystery company from Country A was in June, and we haven't heard anything since. I think Barr could be holding it up. Um, It is under his jurisdiction. So, uh, and we already know he shut down um, the Southern District of New York uh, Mm. when they were looking into Cohen's hush money payments. Um, which eventually was closed by the courts and now is being picked up by the Manhattan District Attorney, Cy Vance. But I think it's on hold uh, right now. Um, We just, we haven't heard anything since June. So that's, I don't have an answer for you, but I do think it's the Cutter Investment Authority. Okay. He wants to know your magic beans take on the story (laughs) that the Dems, this is the article he sent me, Dems tell federal court, Mueller's secret grand jury materials could lead to second impeachment. Yeah. Basically what happened is we're still fighting to get the grand jury materials. And the reason, and they've said, Democrats have said explicitly, the reason the Mueller report is not in these art, this article of impeachment, these articles of impeachment is because they're being litigated in court right now. They're going to be heard in the D.C. District Court of Appeals on January 3rd. And that's to get the McGahn testimony on obstruction, mm. Don McGahn, the former White House counsel, and that's to get the underlying grand jury materials, all the redacted stuff that we haven't heard yet from the Mueller investigation. And so the Dems filed in a response to that uh, case saying, we need this quick impeachment clock is running out. It shows a pattern of behavior. We need the Mueller materials. And they've also said, but if by the time this comes out, if the Senate has already acquitted him and the Senate trial is over for this impeachment, then they'll do it again. we're still investigating for impeachment under okay. Article 1 powers of impeachment. 
Okay. And then lastly, he wants to know how you feel about the judge throwing out the state charges against Paul Manafort, basically clearing the way for him to be pardoned. That just happened today, he said. I haven't read that. Well, what's your take? <laughs> the judge threw out the Manafort state charges? Mm-hmm. Did, did he say, on, I yeah, haven't read that he yet? Does, Shit. The judge threw out the state charges against Paul Manafort, basically clearing the way for him to be pardoned. Jesus. Uh, that sucks. That's what I feel about that. I, I want to see what under what grounds the judge threw those state charges out. Well, you have to Google it from your car. I will. Um, I will. Before we wrap up, I want to talk because I want to, I love to talk strategy and I don't know if you do, but um, whatever the candidate is, what do you think are the best rebuttal talking points? Like what do you, I can foresee Trump talking about unemployment. You know, the fact that he donates his salary, which is hilarious because he spends hundreds of millions of dollars at his own golf course. Yeah, our money. Every year of our money, <laughs> which he profits. Um, like I can't, I, I'm trying to think of the, the things that I really want them to hit him hard on. Um, I think the biggest would be, you know, that, okay, his unemployment numbers are great, but the vast majority of Americans aren't making enough money to get by. I think healthcare is probably going to be their best healthcare. argument and climate, uh, climate. He denies it's even happening. Um, and it's like you said, it's one of the most important things we have to, to hit on mm. and and just go after his corruption. He's yeah. the most corrupt president in the history of the United he States. He was ordered to pay back $2 million that he stole from like service member charities. Eight charities. Yeah. And he stole $2 million and he was just ordered to pay that back. Like, how are you still the president when that is happening? And his kids have to take a mandatory class about how not to steal from charities. (laughs) (laughs) Which is literally insane. And then the other um, thing that I would talk about a lot is because I, you know, the whole like they go low, we go high. Uh Uh-uh. We go we get out our shovels and start digging. Um, <laughs> we go low, I think lower. We go low, low, lower to the basement, underneath the basement in a crawl space. That's where we're going, I hope. <laughs> um, to talk about things like that and just how much his, him and his kids are profiting off of his presidency. Yeah. And to really find out the details of all of that. Yeah, the emoluments. To lay it, to lay it all out. All the emoluments violations, which aren't in these articles of impeachment either. Yeah. I just want to say thank you because I think what you're doing is amazing. And I'm really just so grateful uh, for for your work. And thank you, too. I'm so glad that you're putting your voice out there. Mm. It's so important. Yeah. No, the time is now, you guys. We There's no more. We can't wait any longer. Uh, that's for sure. It's really, really important that we start you know, rallying together. And I know that in a lot of areas, we still feel really polarized and that marginalized people feel often like, especially white women aren't doing enough and feminism and all that stuff. And it's true, but, um, and we can always be doing more, but we have to rally together right now, no matter what. These conversations about the Me Too movement not being as inclusive as it could be or all of us, all of that is so important, but we have to rally together right now. Yeah, to if do it, this. this is the last one. If we lose this election, we lose the Supreme Court, we lose our republic. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree that it is that dire. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Yeah, and thank you too. Thank you so much. I really appreciate mm. it. Uh, where can everybody find you? 
Yeah, um, just wherever you get podcasts, you can search for Mueller, She Wrote. Um, that's a weekly podcast. And now we have a daily news podcast, News with Swearing, called The Daily Beans. And so, yeah, follow us on Twitter, at Mueller, She Wrote. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. This week's affirmation is, I am committed to showing up as my best self today. And so it is. If you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a favor, head over to the podcast app and make sure to subscribe to us, rate us and leave a review. We have new episodes every Monday and you can follow along with us on Instagram at Recovering From Reality or visit our website at recoveringfromreality.com. 